Here we go again. Oh yeah. What is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Knee on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, J-O-N, and Brandon. <laughs> and boys, today we will recap UFC Vegas 65. No Derek Lewis, Sergey Spivak, but still some great fights to discuss nonetheless. Then we will hit you guys with all the news and happenings in the world of mixed martial arts. And finally, we're going to finish off with a little World Cup-themed mixed martial arts trivia. More to come at the end. Stick around and you'll find out. But if you like a little trivia, that's where you need to be at the end of the episode. But first, boys, for the first time in 108 episodes of this podcast... We're going to start out doing something we have never done before. Fighting. And that is lead off with Bellator yeah. MMA. <laughs> and that is because we were in attendance this past Friday for Bellator 288 in Chicago, Illinois. And, uh, man, what a fantastic experience. I have to say, uh, personally, you know, we kind of talked, obviously, about it. But I was just genuinely blown away um, by the live Bellator product. Uh, so before we get to the fights itself, like, what did you guys think of the overall live Bellator experience? I thought the venue was perfect. Yeah, great. Um, that wind trust. It, yeah, if you ever get a chance, because I saw they do like some pro wrestling shows there. It's like if there's ever like a wind trust arena in Chicago ven- like uh, event that you're going to, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a bad seat in that house. No, and then, you know, with DePaul playing in there, I couldn't imagine like how nice it looks watching basketball. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you just get such a great view. Sure. Um, you know, I, the fans were great. Uh, the food was good, like yep. really expensive, but it was really good. Oh, golly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I couldn't ask more for something on that level Yeah, and to not have to deal with, you know, cause if you're at the United center, that's a whole different experience sure. as far as big. how big it is, you know, getting <clears throat> around things. So I thought it was a perfect mix. Yeah. I thought that was really cool with the wind trust. I told you guys it had a big kind of like field house stadium feel but it just didn't seem too big you know what mm-hmm. i mean what do you think Ray? like in terms of being able to move around yeah like it, yeah it felt it, it had like a small show like you could kind of free roam if you want you know what i don't know i don't say it just didn't feel too big you know what i mean like you, you guys have been to a lot more like those kinds of events like stadium like other sporting events sure. than me. so like i guess i don't have much to compare it to but no I, I had a blast i thought it was awesome like like you said it wasn't too hard to navigate mm-hmm. um but the event itself was really fun uh like you said you, it was a great the seats were great. No, no, there would have been a bad one. The only thing you can really say to that is like, you know, we had the one little camera guy in front of us, but there's really nothing you can do about that. Yeah. They just, there's always going to be like those little corners there with the octagons or the circles. Yeah. Um, but I mean, outside of that, no, it was great. Fights were good. Um, really enjoyed Amazing. it. Yeah. What Brandon's meaning is there was a, on the cage, you know, that there's obviously guys filming. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we had a guy t- taking still photos, yeah, and he was kind of like right in our line of sight where it was like cut off the middle, of the yeah, cage. you kind of, yeah, it just it did kind of cut off. But once again, credit to Bellator because there is giant screens everywhere, so yeah. you don't, you don't have, you know, you're just kind of going back and forth, um, the whole time. Um, also, I want to say I was like thoroughly impressed with all the fighters and like the personalities that were sitting cage side. You know, I told you guys. You know, we can't hear much. Obviously, when you're live, you can't listen in between rounds. So, like, between rounds and fights and stuff, I was kind of just watching, seeing how those guys were down there cage side, like, interacting with people. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, everybody was taking pictures, engaging with fans. Um, I mean, who all did we see? Like, help me out. Ali Abdulaziz. And and Uh, I want to point him out specifically (laughs) because I told you guys, I feel like, like, not that I, like, I, I don't hate the guy by any means, but I've always kind of been like this guy, man. You know what I mean? Like off Twitter. Yeah, but he's like a he's like an MMA manager, and and I know he manages the biggest names in the sport. So I and get like half of them. Yeah, yeah, and I so I get that like he does maybe a bit have to have a personality, but like the way he tries to engage on social media with other fighters, and it's like, well, you know, what are you doing, man? You know, but and just he's just said some outlandish things at times, but have to say. So much respect for that dude because, first off, he showed up early. Mm-hmm. He was there almost as, like, we we only missed the first fight. I think he came in, like, the third or fourth fight, yeah. sat cage side, took pictures with every, I mean, like, would get up out of his seat to come back and take pictures with fans. Um, and he was, like, you could tell talking with people, like, it just was, I mean, just looked like a solid, really great dude. So, mm-hmm. shout out to him. But, yeah, Ali. Bilal um, Muhammad was Bilal there. Bilal was there. Yeah, Yoel. Yoel Romero, who, holy cow. 
<laughs> specimen. You see that guy in person. I mean, like, wow. I yeah. mean, just like his shoulders, his upper body, like, took up two chairs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was, like, sitting next in between, um, I'm guessing it was his wife or girlfriend, and then on the other side was... Um, uh, Malky Kawa's brother, Abraham, mm-hmm. I think is his name, his man, his manager. And I mean, they were kind of like leaned off to this. I mean, he's just a big dude, yeah. man. Well, and I was watching like in that main event, because obviously, you know, spoiler alert, he's supposed to be fighting the winner of the main event. Sure. He, he was, it's he was locked in. Yeah, he was. Like he I was, noticed that too. He wasn't looking away. Yeah. He was kind of leaning forward a little bit. It was like, it's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah it's cool to see ready. that. I agree. Uh, uh, Raytheon Stotts, the mm-hmm. champion, and, and his opponent, uh, Pat Sabatelli, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, yeah, they were both obviously cage side. But I thought it was even cool, man. Stotts had his belt, his Bellator belt. Anybody that came up and wanted to take a picture, he was putting the belt over their shoulder and stuff. And I mean, let me say, Bellator's belts are awesome. I was, yeah. I told that, Brandon yeah. that I was like, I, you know what? With the UFC, it's kind of like wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Like those first ones, like, oh, man, those look so cool. And they start, like, messing with it. And it's not bad. Right. But it's something about that gold There's and how so- it shines yes. off of it. Yeah. It, and like, the little red hits. Man, and seeing it more in person, yeah, you, like, it has that, like, classic feel. But it feels like, it looks like something prestige, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, it, it just has that cool, like, classic, maybe pro wrestling feel. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. But just an amazing time. Like, like I told you guys. I if Bellator UFC whatever a big mar- mixed martial arts event event comes within driving distance like that again I will do everything I can to be there. Don't miss it. If you're even if it's Bellator like I have like me and Brandon were talking like we need to dive into that a little bit more. Tap into that roster a little bit more mm-hmm. because the fights were fantastic. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, and, and even on the undercard where you're dealing with more local guys. So that w- it was just an amazing experience. But let's just talk about some of the re- re- these results before we get to the UFC results. So Vadim Nemkov, boys, defeating Corey Anderson via unanimous decision. Interesting aspect with watching live is I felt like that fight was a lot closer going into that fifth round. I thought it mm-hmm. was 2-2. Seeing a lot, you know, and then I, I told you guys next morning I got up and I kind of wanted to see where, like, some uh, personalities and, and journalists had that. And, and most of them only gave Corey Anderson one round being in that arena you guys can tell me if you were wrong I thought it was 2-2 going into the fifth Um, but man credit to Vadim Nemkov who making those adjustments from that first fight where he was you know really losing that fight um getting taken down and um you know, obviously the eye gash or whatever it was is forehead. Yeah, yeah they went forehead to forehead. The cut stopped the fight, so he won off of that. But man, credit to him because he was not going for a takedown from Corey Anderson. Uh, talked about spending time at American Top Team, and I mean, looks like it paid off. Yeah, no, he looked really good. I, I felt like there was multiple moments in the fight where Corey Anderson hurt him, and that's why I thought it was a closer fight. And yeah. maybe you know, on TV, it doesn't translate the same. Um, I mean, all judges though. I mean, every, two of the three judges gave him, Vadim Nimkov four out of yeah. five rounds. So he um, dropped Corey though too, didn't he? I know he wobbled him. I don't know if he dropped I him, yet. but I, think he dropped him. I, I do think it was a very great fight. Um, I think there definitely was a great adjustment. It's funny. Um, Scott Coker said afterwards, like he, I know Corey Anderson probably has to be so mad because if he, because when in the first fight when he did the headbutt, yeah, he brought the attention to the ref that he cut him with the headbutt, right, and he stopped it. And that you can get no contest yeah. and you bring it back. If he just punches him four times and the ref stops it, he's a million dollar winner oh, and know, the champion. Man. But Ugh. you know he's just such a good guy. I mean, you, you know, to do something like that and then even come to this one, he had a really good showing, close, to pretty much a hometown fight, being from for Rockford. Sure. Yeah. Um. So I thought he used that energy very well. He didn't have a bad showing for himself, but no, Nimkov made fight. some great adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Takedown defense was really the big story there. And then the striking as well. Like I'm almost, I'm 98 the leg sure kicks. he dropped. Yeah, the leg kicks were big. Especially um, as you got later. I think it kind yeah, of so like that third, fourth round, he really started cracking Corey with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Were, were you about no, to say something? No, okay. No, no, no. Next one, boys, the co-main event for the lightweight title and new Usman Nurmagomedov defeating Patriki Pitbull via unanimous decision. All judges uh, gave uh, Usman... Uh, all five rounds, two judges actually gave him a 10-8 in there. Um, and that's kind of how it felt, man. You know, I, once again, the vibe in the arena, a bit of a slower fight. And let me say, we'll get to the Daggy takeover in a minute after we talk about the fight. But very pro Usman, um, mm-hmm. Nurmagomedov crowd. Um, and the, uh, but yeah, just 
I, I could even feel those fans, like the fans were getting a little restless. It, it mm-hmm. just in in person, it just felt like a slower fight, but nonetheless, super dominant performance by Usman. Your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't watch a ton of Bellator, but from what I can tell, Usman's run through has been really spectacular. So I think part of it's you know getting to this fight, we have sure. that expectation of like some massive rounds, which that second round was a big one. <laughs> so, but then for the rest of the fight, you know, he's really picking apart Patricky, and it sure. was um, all. You know, fantastic performance from him, but just the excitement, I guess, wasn't quite there from what we're used to. And maybe right, that's just yeah. being spoiled. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the arena, like you said, that was noticeably slower. Um, and the fight before, was that the hometown guy? Yeah. I think that may have played it a little bit into it, too. We'll get to that one. But yeah, well, no, no, no. There was one before. Oh, it was okay, two. Okay. Sorry. Um, I, I had it next in my notes. So okay. that's why I said yes. <laughs> but. No, well, the thing is, too, and I, and I think we kind of have to remember ourselves as fans is going into that, and this was P- Patricky Pitbull's, like, his whole thing leading up to this fight is Usman had never fought anybody inside the top 10 in Bellator, but, you know, we know from being obviously heavy UFC fans with, you know, it was the same argument with Islam, right? And then mm-hmm. you go out and you see what he did to Charles Oliveira, kind of similar stories almost, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I mean, just, I mean, John, you can kind of talk more about that, but I mean, I think there is something too, though, when you do for an Usman, when we've seen him just run through guys and then it's like, oh no, but now you're facing the guy and Patricky right. Pitbull's no put, I mean, he's still a tough right. vet, you know, so. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it was, you've seen that. Okay, you know he because Usman is very exciting. Oh yeah, um, and in <laughs> yeah. every aspect, so he chokes good. guys out. He knocks people out. He has great so kickboxing, good. like a like a, almost like a Taekwondo style. Sometimes yeah. when he goes with his kicks, but he did run into somebody who's not only tough and durable, but I think he felt his some of his power early and was like, hey, mm. maybe I don't play around in here because you've seen him respect Patricky the whole fight. Yeah, Patricky caught him a, one time. Patricky caught him, and you could tell Usman was. His equilibrium was a little off, and he was even smiling. You know, yeah. and it was like, and, and and in the stadium, like even like you said, in the the, the moment, that kind of even still today felt like the biggest shot of that fight from yeah. either guy. Was that yeah. in the fifth round too? It was late. I want. It was like four. Yeah, because I think in the fifth is when Patricky just was like, yeah. I think he knew he just kind of came out and went mm-hmm. for and that, it. So that was what was interesting to me was it almost reminded me of like what happens when people fight Izzy. Is a lot of times mm-hmm. people just they just get kind of frozen Sucked and in, it yeah. seemed like that with me like Patricky just guy who typically lets his mm, yeah. hands go a little more he just didn't yeah. Until yeah, and, this, and this corner was trying everything to get him to go yeah, his, bro- tr- his brother was like yeah. you could tell he so badly <laughs> wanted to tag in because he is that type of his brother is yeah. that type of fighter just constantly go forward but you know really good props to Usman to get through that and stay away from the power and mm-hmm. really close out a really strong win and I think that you know it's going to take a lot to take somebody like him down yeah. because he to me he almost shows the ultimate version of what you know these daggy guys can be with the level of striking he has yeah. on top of still having that level of acumen with grappling. Yeah, and uh, yeah, dude. Well, and, and I to what you were saying about you know the I think it was between the second or third rounds when I turned around to you guys because you could tell that Patricky's corner was like you got to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like when you see that like after the second round that early in a championship fight, like that's never a good sign because like I told you guys, that means they probably know he's fading a bit right. or, you know, maybe breaking a bit. So, but I mean, credit to him, man. He stayed in that fight the whole time, but boys, I wasn't going to do it, but I'm breaking it out for Daniel James <laughs> defeating. Oh, I just, Oh, I just sold that so bad. Sorry. I want to talk. <laughs> we'll get to Daniel James. We'll come back. We'll come back. <laughs> I, I completely forgot I wanted to talk about the Daggy takeover. We'll do that at the end. Okay. Uh, Daniel James, boys, defeating. We do it live, right? Give him another one. Uh, we'll do we'll, yeah, He does deserve another one. Daniel James <laughs> defeating Tyrell Fortune via TKO. Elbows in round two, 27 seconds. Let me tell you guys something. I've been to many of sporting events. Yes, I've been to pro wrestling, pro football, pro basketball. This is your chance, John, to do the what? Oh, what? No, it's good. It's a, it's dead now. Huh? I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. huh? I've been to all. I've been to just about every pro sporting event you can think. That was probably one of the loudest pops and explosions that I've ever heard. Daniel James, hometown native, Chicago, Illinois guy, forty years old, boys. And let me just say, he got in the cage, and I think even people that didn't know who he was, you could just almost hear like a like a, a, a in unison like a whoa. I mean, mm. massive. I mean, this dude is huge, is like six six or six something five? like that. Yeah. I mean, just jacked, man. Um, and, and had to overcome it late in the first round from uh, Tyrell Fortune, who, by the way, was ranked number five. Daniel James unranked. 
So, yeah. you know, title fortune, a guy that a lot of people thought, hmm, maybe title contender after this win, maybe one more. Um, Daniel James said, not in my hometown, fella. And, and and fought off. I mean, we all kind of felt like that choke that fortune had. I mean, Dan James was in a pretty tight um, rear naked choke, fought the hands, did everything you want to see from a guy trying to defend that. Um, and then even ended the round on top. And I mean, at the end of that round, you could kind of feel the momentum was shifting, not just in the crowd, but in the fight. Cause fortune looked a little tired. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I think Daniel James sensed it came out, obviously just landed that nasty, mm-hmm. uh, nasty. Was it a left or right that he landed to drop him initially? Left hook, right uppercut or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And then just followed it up with some nasty elbows. But what a moment, man. Wow. And at 40 years old to see a guy go out there and do that in his hometown. And you know, he said, I'm number five. You know, yeah. bring it on. So. <laughs> Mike, he's like, you needed a handsome chocolate champion, Bellator, yeah. da, da, da. He sold it, but I love it, man. I've never seen like, cause like, obviously, there's people there who knew him, but like, not even knowing who this guy was, as he's getting put in that choke and like seeing how you know he was going through the rest of the fight, you're like cheering from like, dude, just right. get out of this. Turns gets on top, lands some big shots, and it's like, oh, <laughs> this could get bad. And then as he starts hit, he he rocks him, mm-hmm. and as he's going for the finish, I'm getting goosebumps now just remembering because it, it just the whole the roof blew off the place. It was just like deafening. Yeah, I almost I'm wonder, ne- almost wonder if like there what we weren't in his hometown, like, and he was in that choke, if he even gets out of it. Like, I wonder right. how Good much point. of that. You know, know, you just never know. But gosh, man, <laughs> talk about taking advantage of a situation yeah. and you know giving it your best and showing out. I love it. I'm, next next time he fights, I'm, you have to. Yeah, walk. yeah that, like that's the thing. Like being, that's why I said, like go experience these events, man. Because yeah, now you just feel. I feel just more invested in the Bellator product. I mean, we've always watched and followed from from afar in a sense, you know. But and, and especially the bigger fights, right? Like you always try to tune in for those. But like, I just feel so invested in that product now because yeah. I'm like, you you're there and you experience it, and it's just a different experience. Yeah, Daniel so. James, welcome to the Lonely Heart Club. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan. I love. It. I think we can all get behind that. Lonely Heart pick, though. Uh, boys, the last one we have to talk about it. Imam Shafi Aliyev defeating our boy Sean Fallon via cut. Uh, they called it a TKO, but it was a cut um, after uh, or in round one, excuse me. Um, I didn't really get it, man. And especially like we were kind of talking, you, you saw the Patricky Pitbull cut. Oh, eyebrow. And, and once again, we're not hearing commentary, so we don't know if Sean said something to the doctor or what the doctor was maybe said that he saw, the, you know, the difference between those two cuts. But um, from seeing what Sean said on social media, he was good to go. So mm-hmm. it had to be something that the doctor just said. I don't think it was anything that obviously he said. He seemed pretty upset about it. Um, it was kind of an interesting fight, man. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, uh, you know, probably what you know, we all kind of thought it was, you know, Aliyev going for the takedown, but I thought Sean was doing pretty good on bottom, man. Yeah. Um, he was defending a lot of positions and he was able to get up. Yeah. He had a really nice combo in the, in the pocket too, when they were standing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked okay, even standing up and he looked big that's, too. You know, like a big yeah. weight class. Jump. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that's the biggest thing. That's the most important thing to remember is for weight. It's like this dude, you know, he's, a 55er essentially you know obviously goes between 55 and 70 but uh you know hopefully given those circumstances and i, I don't think it's going to be an issue given the fact that he was willing to come in for his first fight and fight a guy like that um an undefeated daggy guy coming mm-hmm. from a big camp right um i have to believe sean fallon's getting another shot 100 percent in bellator and like he said you know he wants a ranked guy i hope he gets that because um Especially if it's around here, man. I'm in there. I'm yeah. going back. And, I mean, and hopefully a, a more natural weight class too. You know, you know, yeah. that's a big jump. And you know, not to say that that played a part because we didn't get to see that sure. really taking effect. But you know, you'd like to see him get a chance yeah, at just, his best. Oh, that's I got. I just feel so bad, man, because it's like you, you know, you. And it happens all the time, you know, but for him, it's like, and maybe it's just because we spoke to him, so we know more what went into this, or, you know, I mean, we don't know everything by any means, but talking to him, you get a sense of the work that he genuinely put in for this camp. So to have it in that early on a cut, not on his terms, that just really sucks, but... It didn't look like he was like didn't belong in there with him it was a, oh, it was yeah, a good no. back and forth i think it was gonna be a great fight yeah, yeah. I, exactly what he was kind of predicting when we talked to him like just a nasty great like i mean he was already cut open it's like he was landing some elbows from the from the bottom yeah, too like who knows know. how it's, how that goes i know man but um Let's real quick before we do move on to our uh, UFC fights, the Daggy Takeover, man, that thing is real. I mean, <laughs> once again, you see it on TV, you watch UFC, whatever. But what we just witnessed at a Bellator, and once again, I'm not insinuating that Bellator is a less than uh, product per se, but we all know, and, and I think even Bellator doesn't try to compete with 
the U.S. I mean, they understand. They know what. Yes, exactly. And just in terms of you know viewership, eyeballs, that kind of stuff. The daggy, you couldn't you know couldn't have sold the daggies on that. I mean, you know, I mean, like how many of those white hats did we see? Well, yeah. Um, you know, how many Team Habib shirts did we see? How many ridiculous forearms and no mustache <laughs> beards did we see? Yeah, a lot of those for sure. Like I it mean, was. There was this one guy, probably weighed like. One thirty-five. One thirty-five. Yeah, comes walking up the stairs, and and what'd you say? You asked me. You were like, you think you could take that guy down? Yeah, I was like, you think you can just go two on one? Just First see. off, had the habit, the, the the white hat on, you know, fa- a fanny pack. Yeah. He had the no mustache with the beard, and it's like, no, look at his four. I mean, he's like Brandon said, probably weighs like 130, 140 pounds. His forearms were like yeah. crazy. Everybody that had those hats on, no mustache or like an ADCC hoodie. It's like, yeah, yeah. One guy had a, yeah. it's like, yeah, no, you're not fighting that group <laughs> no, at all. No, and they were just like walking around, standing in people's way, and nobody said anything to them. <laughs> they kept on moving seats. Yeah, they were yeah, never in the same seat. They just, just like, around. That's what I'm saying. They just genuinely took the whole arena over. But uh, to see them show up for just like that. Is just like crazy in yeah. Chicago, like, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure there's a big Russian population in, in a big city like Chicago, but man, I just I was I think that was one of my biggest impressions was like, wow, this thing is re-. like we you hear about it through UFC, like this whole daggy takeover, and it's like, oh no, it's real, <laughs> like, yeah. well, and even the fighters because there was probably about four or five daggy sure. fighters, um, and they weren't daggy wrestling guys no they were standing up and like putting people on their butt like they, i it, think that's what we're seeing from all those guys i think yeah. they're all making that evolution into not just being you know habib might have been one of the last of those guys you yeah know? and and i think because i think they're all implementing a, a fantastic stand-up yeah. game as well even well, islam right i mean he yeah. cracks charles i mean you see it with yeah. guys. and yeah. what's crazy is like you know when UFC starts, you have the Gracies, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes them a long time to sure. kind of adjust to these guys that can negate some of that jujitsu and, and knock them out. You're not seeing that with these daggy guys. They made a quick jump. Yeah, it's impressive. So that was it. I, I mean, I, we could honestly have done a whole podcast on mm-hmm. the things we saw, the things we heard. Oh, <laughs> okay. that's, a, that's a special, two-part special. I, I will say, as an MMA fan base, can we just all agree to end this whole grab the D and twist chant? Uh, yeah. I, you know, like... And here, and like I was telling you guys, the thing about that original video is it was staged. Like that, right. that that guy didn't just turn the camera on himself. Like I was telling you guys, and the guy behind him jumped up and yelled it. Like they planned that, and it and I'm sure it was hilarious at the time. It it was funny. It's a funny video. But how many twi- grab his D and twist did we hear being yelled yeah, out? Yeah, and it's the like the first time, like it got a pretty loud laugh. Like a lot of people, you know, and it is okay. I'll give MMA fans. We can do one an event. But when, when that first guy does it, <laughs> just because everybody laughs, they're not going to laugh 30 minutes later when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, <laughs> like, well, we've heard some pretty funny stuff yelled out, but sure. that, that's more of a, I seen it one time and <laughs> I'm just going to get drunk and yell it. But uh, yeah, no. but very, ed- I mean, that Chicago crowd was lit, dude. I mean, and very, they knew what they wanted. Yeah. Very educated. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. They wanted striking, dumps, <laughs> yeah. and ground and pound. But educated, man. Like I said, even like, I mean, the people yelling at like Jason Herzog is the... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, but I mean, just awesome, man. Just and, a great, great um, experience. You know, as we were talking about giving props to a lot of those fighters would come up into the crowd to their fans and mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. took a lot of pictures. I yeah. mean, there was a guy next to us that took maybe 100 pictures, it seemed oh, like. Yeah, that was getting a bit annoying because I'm like, can you just like take that all the way upstairs because people are starting to line up in front of me. Like, right. I, can't, I can't see. But, I mean, that's just really cool. To but what am I going to do? Turn around and tell them, leave. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you're going to do. Tell them to move. Like, well, I turned around and I just saw a shoulder in my face and I'm like, holy cow, look at that shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his shoulders were mad. Another interesting experience we got, and you know, we've been to a lot of local fights, and you see people seeing like their family members fight. Mm-hmm. We got to see uh, a grandma watch her grandson <laughs> yeah. fight. That was awesome. Yeah, she um, sat right next to us, and she—you could tell she didn't know what to do. They were from all so the way proud. from California, but yeah, no, it was really dope to see that. And yeah, I was—I—I I, I congratulated her when he won, and she's like, "I've been driving these boys to practice since they were seven <laughs> years old," and I was like, "That's so awesome!" Yeah, and here she is watching him win. On a Bellator card. And it was nice to see a lot of younger people there, too. Like, that's going to be who Mm kind of carry this sport up as it keeps growing. Yeah, I agree, man. Just a fantastic, fantastic experience. So, shout out to Bellator, man. And I think you made three three new fans. I mean, not that we weren't fans. I'm just saying. But, like, something I'm definitely going to 
a lot Keep, more investment. Yeah, I'm jumping up more yeah. than a casual. Absolutely. Bellator. Boys, before we get to UFC Vegas 65, Brandon, rate, sub, follow. Let the people know. All right, guys. Every week, we ask you guys to do this. and Give us some follows. Um, you can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and a little bit of YouTube. Follow us on Ian Belly. Oh, oh, down go the pop. Nate's knocking stuff down. Um, we're also on pod, Apple Podcasts. You can give us five stars. You can also uh, rate us on Spotify. Um, but the written reviews are the real big ones for us along with the five stars you can give us a written review we'll read them out on the pod and then we'll give you a little shout and so please 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 um like follow us so that we can increase our following guys absolutely boys let's get into it ufc vegas um so we have to start out with the unfortunate news that Derek lewis versus sergey spivak was our original main event obviously however about an hour before the main card kicked off it was announced on air that Lewis was forced off the card due to an illness, so that fight was scrapped. Um, Ke- excuse me, Kevin Ioli uh, reported later that Lewis had went to the ER with uh, stomach issues, mm-hmm. so apparently, but he was later cleared. Uh, so hope he's doing okay. I hope that's not not anything too serious. Um, so we'll see. But that kind of just was unfortunate for him. Um, thank you, Ash. Left my phone. Irresponsible Nate needed that for the game, boy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so. Uh, but our co-main then gets moved up to the main event. So, boys, oh, you know how to hit it. Kennedy Zachukwu defeating Ewan Kutalabe. Make sure Brandon's okay on that one. Ewan Kutalabe via fur, or second round, excuse me, knockout. Boys, what a comeback by the African savage. Kennedy Zachukwu. Ewan dominated that first round. I mean, mm-hmm. really. Hurt him early. Yeah, Zachukawu had like a little bit there at the end. You know, he got back up, got to the back. But, I mean, that first round was all Ewan, right? Then in the second, both guys came out swinging. But Kennedy eventually times a beautiful knee as Kutalabe shot for a takedown. And that was the beginning of the end. Kennedy went on to probably land about three more of those knees. I just can't recall seeing someone throw knees like that on repeat. Uh, but the way that he was timing every single one of them was just beautiful. I mean, he was just every time Iwan Kutalabe stepped in, boom, knee. You know what I mean? Um, but he just, gave Kutalabe a lot of chances because he was hurt. Yeah. Yeah, even there at the end. Yeah. But, I mean, what a performance. Uh, and just what a way to make the most out of an amazing opportunity to headline a card. Mm-hmm. You know, last minute day of. Um, even down to his post-fight interview, you know, I thought he really handled it well. You know, we talk about taking those moments on the microphone and sometimes it's calling people out and, and you know, being, you know, making, making, calling your shot, right? But sometimes it's just breaking it down and just being a genuine human being and, mm-hmm. and allowing people to, to see the human element and like, hey, you know, this, I'm still this, I still need to do that. This was wrong. You know, talked about his mom, the stuff she's yeah. battling. Um, and, and nonetheless, man, but, but here he is, winner of two in the, two straight and now a UFC main event winner. So mm-hmm. your guys' thoughts on what was our new main event? He's a, He's a scary prospect at that weight division because he is huge, and he fights that way. He, yeah. Sometimes you see big guys that don't fight as big as they are, and I don't think he's one of those guys. And he's a great grappler. Yeah. Usually those big guys, you know, struggle in that, and they're just, you know, big throw, big bombs. He's a very competent grappler. He leads the light heavyweight division right now in takedown defense. <laughs> right. So. Like, that's that's a crazy prospect, and, you know, Kuntalab is a, a tough guy to get out of there. Yeah. And I think he, he, like you said, he rallied back. He even won, like, the, he got the bonus, said he's saving it for his marriage because he's like, you don't know. And it's like, to see somebody so humble in a situation yeah. where he's the star of the night, essentially being the, moved up to the main yeah. event and taking advantage of that was just really great to see. I yeah, agree. I think, like, what you said, too, he fights really big. Like, he really fights at, with his size. Like, the ability to kind of land on the end of his punches, the end of his yeah. strikes really shown through, and especially in that second round. Man, that first knee he landed off that <sighs> shot was just... Perfect. It, something about it, and just the quickness to, to kind of execute it like that, because that shot was quick. It wasn't yeah. like he almost shooting from all the way back from the other side of the cage. No, it was quick. Like so, that just that was really impressive to me. And then to follow up the way he did was was awesome. Yeah, and we talk about it, you know, from time to time. But I just think at light heavyweight, he has all the physical gifts. You know, like John said, to 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 really make a run at this thing. Um, but as he even mentioned his post fight, you know, he said, you know. I'm I'm still green. I still have a lot of learning, a lot of growing, and it's like, man. But if you're beating a guy like Iwan Kutalabe, and you've you know you still know there's more growth that needs to happen. Like, whew, you know yeah. that that kind of sets the ceiling right there for him. And it's not exactly like light heavyweights, the deepest UFC division right now. I mean, there's definitely talent in there. I'm not saying that, but I don't think it's crazy to think that um, Kennedy Zachuhu gets a top 15 opponent next. Right. So, uh, really interested to see what they do because especially given. 
the way he won, the opportunity. I mean, just everything, man. Just really, really excited for him. So what a, what a performance. What a, what a way to go out, uh, go out there. Um, Muslim boys, our next uh, result. I need to get my brain back. I'm scrambling over here. Muslim. It's early, guys. <laughs> it's early, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's so, yeah, let's, let's, let's put that out let's there. Let's give our excuses now. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, I, well, <laughs> I've got a busy Sunday. I mean, obviously, us going, you know, through things back, had to push things back in my schedule. So, it's early on a Sunday after a full day of travel for the Neon Belly Boys, so bear with us. But, boys, Muslim Salikov defeating Andre Fialio <laughs> via third-round TKO. Boys, the king of kung fu, Muslim Salikov, coming in off a loss to Li Jilingong. Uh, like he had a point to prove, for sure. Very close first round, but Fialio definitely having probably the bigger moments in there. But after round two, it was all Salikov. Um, I thought the spinning attacks really stood out for me from him. Mm-hmm. And I guess with a name like the king of kung fu, they got to be. Yeah, he right? showed it. Uh, but I even thought he did a great job mixing in the takedowns when necessary. Um, I kind of had the feeling the fight could have almost been stopped in that second round when uh, Solikov landed that. Uh, he was Well, he had dropped him, and then he was landing that nasty ground mm-hmm. and pound. A little bit unresponsive from Fialio, but he was kind of still trying to get his feet on the hips to push off and get up. So I understand them letting it go. Um, but ultimately in the third, he comes out, Solikov does gets all over Fialio and lands a wheel kick to the body kind of sent Fialio to like a squatting position few few shots later the ref steps in and stops it um we can discuss the stoppage in a second but let's just start with your guys thoughts on Solikov's performance uh which he kind of credited to his new camp change also to American top team and coach King Mo more specifically Mm -hmm. yeah so like you said the first round was a little closer but as soon as he started really implementing the wrestling and kind of mixing it up throwing in a little more of his kicks you just it was just too much for Fialo I thought he right. looked fantastic and those spinning back kicks man I don't th- I don't remember the last time like who recently has had a really really solid one like that um, it's in Barbosa maybe well okay but <laughs> yeah. he's been around for a minute I'm just no, saying no, yeah, no, that's no, been a minute yeah, ago yeah no I'm saying like since we've seen somebody throwing him at that high of a level and with yeah. that, that amount of volume and yeah. that's what I'm saying so I feel like somebody with a spinning back and like that you don't see it off and so I wonder how much, you know, that's going to be a big part of his game. I feel right. like as he starts to kind of climb climb the ladder here. So that was really cool to see and then mixing it up with the grappling. I mean, it's it's a tough, tough little test. So Yeah. And I think Andre's a, a really tough guy. Um, I mean, almost a little, when we talk about the stoppage, probably a little too tough for his own yeah. good. And I mean, the dude's fought, what, seven times this year? Five. five. Or five times. Yeah. And at one point it was like three times within like two months. Yeah. <clears throat> so maybe he's coming to this thing of maybe a little too much um, yeah. moving because he is tough and he had his big moments too and um credit to him but for um for a muslim it's it's a really good performance and i think it's his best showing in the ufc yet for sure yeah i agree and you know the the whole like camp change thing you know Salikov, he's kind of like like what we were just talking about he's one of these daggies man that's like his striking is like just as good if not obviously better maybe for a guy like him than than his uh, wrestling or his takedown game but as you had mentioned John uh, though you gotta love the heart there from Fialio at the end I mean he just refused to go down didn't even mention that in my rundown but he definitely deserves worth mentioning because he did not want to go down and you could you could almost tell the mind was like stronger than the like the body just kind of went there for him um and he and he was even still swinging a bit. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of where some maybe some issue with people on the stoppages. He was still going for it, and you have to appreciate that. But I ultimately think, as we've uh, been seeing, it was just a great stoppage from the referee and preventing unnecessary damage to that fighter. Well, but he ate like a hook kick to the it's tough, like, yeah. right to his temple. Yeah, and then two more shots came, and he was he was there, but he was eating like huge shots. Right, and, and it's like I said. I mean, as a Junior Dos Santos fan, I can tell you. Having a fighter who's too tough for his own good is tough to watch. So yeah. probably better to get him out there and extend his career a little bit. Yeah, and and like you said with Fialio, you know, fighting so many times a year, it's like maybe a guy like him just just does need to take because he, he that's two in a row now from him, right? Because he went on that nice little run, lost that one, now he's losing this one. Um, but maybe a good next fight for Solikov is the welterweight in our next fight that we're going to talk about because boys, he's getting all of it. Jack Della Madalena defeating. Danny Roberts via first round KO. Boys, Jack Della Madalena was just way too much for old Danny Roberts here. Uh, completely outstriking Roberts on the feet. I seeing him like that, his stand up game is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did a fantastic job mixing up shots, going to the body, going to the head. You could just tell, just kind of overwhelming Danny Roberts there a little bit. Um, that's now 13 straight wins for Della Madalena. 
12 of those by finish, boys and girls, and not all knockouts. We're talking subs. This guy's got a very well-rounded game. I can definitely see why Brandon picked this as his little standout fight for this card. Um, But we got to be feeling good about his ceiling here in the UFC through three fights in the promotion, not counting his contender series win. Mm -hmm. No, he looks great. And I I know he called to one that being from Australia, he wants on the Perth Perth, card. Perth, And I think, hey, set it up. I mean, that card's already ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if there's room for him. There is. But I would love to see somebody like him get a chance. And that's that's a huge statement chance for him to, like, really put himself. I mean, this was a big win, but on that big card. And um, I think he deserves a chance to really show everybody who he is and not just people who tune into fight nights yeah brandon like i said you picked this fight so what was it because i think you obviously picked it for della madalena so well uh, and like i said when i picked it it was on the prelims it was like the middle of the prelims and then with with all the shuffle to got moved which good for him right because just bigger showing same thing Um, man all these guys yeah so no i mean it was it was awesome to see i mean what more can you say like you guys kind of covered it he looked fantastic the striking's all over the place and he can grapple yeah and john said he wants on that perth card so um I mean, as I mentioned, I think the Salikov in Perth, that makes all the sense. Ooh. Given the timing and the, and then just the stand-up battle would just be insane. Uh. But I also can't, just something, I'll throw something else out there just because it's like that's almost too easy that they probably are going to do that right. Uh, but I can't help but feel like, because I feel like you just, you see a Salikov and then you, which it's tough too, right? Because Salikov versus Li Jilangong wasn't, impressive obviously i mean he did he it was a close fight but it's like i do feel like he made a big step going to Mm -hmm. top team so credit to him because maybe this is the new salikov right or at least an improved version i don't want to say new but i also can't help but feel like jack della madalena just he just you know some guys just have that thing right Mm -hmm. you see it and you're like man this guy he's got something different um so i was thinking if they want to give him an early crack at the top 15, a matchup between him and number 15, Daniel Rodriguez would be fantastic. Mm, yeah. Timing would make sense as well. Um, only thing that gives me a little pause on that is once you're in that top 15, you're in it, right? Yeah. And looking up that division, that 170 pound division. Woo. Yeah. Cause it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like D rod and then it's like, Neil Magny, and then it's like Michael Chiesa, you know, or like some, right. I don't remember the order exactly, but like those are even just yeah, like there's the only a couple bottom. fighters separating those And I'm not even guys. saying that he could beat D-Rod, you know, I'm just saying like if he were to win that fight, it's like, whoo, buddy, <laughs> it gets tight right out, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know that. I just thought the Solikov is kind of easy. So I was like, man, what's maybe one, like if they wanted to give him something big, you know, right. Man, that that matchup. Really, I'd rather, I wouldn't be mad at seeing either one of those against D Rod. I think Islam or a Muslim did a really good showing for Solikov himself. Solikov could deserve it as well. You're right, and that's I mean that was a big win for him to get the especially the way he did it. Yeah, three so. straight first round finishes. I it's mean that's crazy in the UFC. That's crazy, uh, Brandon. Before we get to uh, the news, update us on our scores. Even though we only picked four with the main one. event dropping off, it was just the. Jack. Roberts and Medellina. So uh, me and you are the only ones that got one point because John picked Roberts. Yes. So um, John's still sitting at 63. I have 78 and you have 80. I will say John picking Bellator fights much better than John picking UFC fights. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year we'll pick Bellator and John. <laughs> uh, John, let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm, going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. <clears throat> All right, fellas, we got some some pretty interesting uh, fight announcements and some weird stuff happening in the news and some unfortunate stuff. So I'll start it out with the lightest stuff, and that's KSI will be boxing Dylan Dennis. Uh, start it out with the unfortunate. Oh, unfortunate. Okay. Yeah, let's get that out of the way. Um, unfortunately, uh, it was kind of announced a little bit after we finished recording last week's episode. Yes. Uh, Anthony Johnson passing away um, at 38. Mm-hmm. They said it was, um, uh, what was it? On Hodgkin's. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, just had a he was sick for a while toward the end of that i know um probably like three weeks ago or four weeks ago ali had posted like hey prayers for him he's going through a lot sure um and yeah it's just it kind of really rocked everywhere i mean they had a whole thing for him for bellator last when we were out there friday and uh you've just seen a lot of people pour out a lot of um support for his family yeah, this. I, I mean, as John mentioned, I, and that's why I didn't say it in our Bellator rundown because I wanted to say it. I knew we were going to talk about it in the news, but shout out to Bellator, fantastic! I think they did like maybe two tributes for him throughout the mm-hmm. night, um, and I thought that was just awesome. And and it, and it kind of reminded you because I had even kind of forgot in the heat of that moment of of him passing is his last fight. Obviously, was in Bellator in that Grand Prix where he won 
I think it was first round knockout. Mm -hmm. Um, so he would have advanced through that tournament, you know, who knows how far he would have had to go, but had to drop out due to the illness, which we now know ultimately, at least we're assuming, uh, took his life because it's something he's battled since then. Mm -hmm. So, uh, privately. So yeah, man, just, just such a bummer. And so, so sad to see, um, to see a guy like him go out. Brandon, I know you actually had the honor of meeting Anthony Johnson. Yeah. So yeah. you can kind of tell that story. What was yeah, that experience? That was cool. I was at Disney with my, uh, then girlfriend, now wife. We were, uh, just walking around next to Harry Potter world <laughs> and I literally see him from probably, who I'm has like, to stand out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just a massive person. And yeah. I'm like, I'm standing there next to my girlfriend of two years. And I'm like, that's Anthony Johnson. And she's like, what? Who? Yeah. And I'm like, that's like, and he had just, I'm trying to think about what time period that would have been. That would have been about 2015. Um, so anyway, I'm like, I can't just not like go up to this guy sure. and just say hi. And uh, he was there with, I'm assuming his family. There was a lot of people around him and he was kind of sitting trying to probably be uh, like with his family, sure. so was, you know, um, but really cool guy. When I said hi, he was very nice. Just said, Hey, you know, and how you doing? How you liking the, you know, Disneyland, whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, just a cool guy. And he was massive. I shook his hand. I've never, <laughs> I, that's the I biggest trembled. hand I've ever shook, man. He was massive guy, but super nice, super awesome mm -hmm. dude. That's awesome. Shout out to Rumble, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, the, I've seen like, obviously people have been playing like montages of him and you kind of forget that like <laughs> emotional speech he gave before he left the UFC mm. about John yep. Jones. Like, Hey man, I'm sorry we didn't get to happen maybe in another that's a good life. Point. I never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was a, a really cool moment yeah, for that. But I just think sometimes when you see things like that and then you just see the outpour from everybody, yeah. then nobody has anything obviously bad. It's like, okay, that's, he was just a solid dude. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sucks, man. Go um, ahead, John. But moving into the some of the other stuff, we have the like I said, KSI and Dylan Danis will be boxing. There was some weird like staged yeah. uh, next promo for that. <laughs> um, staying on the boxing though, uh, Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis have signed to fight. Tank Davis will be fighting in January before that fight, but the fact that they got that worked out is a huge fight for boxing. Um, other fight announcements that are pretty uh, interesting. Adding on to 284, which, like we said, is a crazy card. Jimmy Crute will be fighting Alonzo Minifield. Um, Alonzo had a really good fight his last. I don't think we've seen Jimmy Crute since his... Um, oh, no. Jahil knocked him out, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, also on that card... <laughs> I love how you just combined his first and last name, Jahil. <laughs> Jamal Hill. Well, I was, yeah, was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Jahil. Jamal. Jahil. <laughs> um, another huge fight added to 284 in Perth. Kai Kara France and Alex Perez. Ooh, what a, you know, that's my boy. You know who I'm oozy, picking. juicy. I uh, like that fight. Uh, another fight announcement, and this is uh, something that we've talked about kind of going back to the Bellator stuff. Ryan Bader versus Fedor Emelianenko. Mm -hmm. It's going to be in L.A., but we've talked about, like, you know, Bellator needing a chance to get broader. This will actually be on CBS. Yeah. So they're moving to that, and that'll be a huge thing for them, for people to get a chance to see them who don't have, like, a Showtime um, subscription. Fedor Emelianenko in Vadim Nemkov's corner. Mm -hmm. And I can say from about 30 rows up, when that guy walks out onto the floor of any uh, arena, you feel it. Right. Like, you feel that. Like, dude, just looking at that guy is like, it's like a, a freaking, like, mass murder. Just imagine, imagine during, like, the Pride era. Though, Holy like. cow. Like, I mean, he was just in this guy's corner, but, like, mm -hmm. just his presence is, like, it's just commanding. And I felt like everybody was watching him kind of yeah. walk over into the corner. Like, just a scary guy. And this will be his <laughs> retirement fight, I yeah, believe, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, the last bit of news I have, uh, and it goes to last night's or the last fights, is James Krause not being allowed to corner bantamweight Miles Johns during his fight. Uh, he was called the night before and told he wasn't going to be allowed in. Yeah. Obviously, you know, as we reported last week, he's kind of being linked to some of these betting activities with UFC bouts. Um, I didn't see like a UFC statement about it. I don't think they've released one. And and the thing is, is last week it wasn't he wasn't necessarily being linked. More, I guess you could say. Acute, like it was just speculation right. that, like, you know, from fans and some people, but um, yeah, man, this is interesting. I mean, this is like unprecedented stuff, um, and, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this all works out because you know, we've seen illegal betting and gambling in other sports, but we've never at least, I mean, I'm not saying it's never gone on, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it has, especially in the earlier days, but we've never seen it on this level in the UFC, and, and then something that. And, and I saw somebody, I can't remember, so forgive me who, whoever said it. There was another journalist that put that out about um, if the, if it's come to this point where the night before he's supposed to corner a guy in a UFC fight, they tell him, like, you're not allowed in, in the building. You're not, you're, you're, you're kind of suspended, send you home, whatever. Um, the probe of the investigation has gotten to, it's pretty deep. And it's gotten to a point where they 
probably feel like they have some sort of evidence to say that if it wasn't directly connected to him, that um, he was certainly involved. Some, I mean, we're going to find out. Like this, this I'm really kind of glued to this because I just feel like we've never seen anything like this. So it's going to be very interesting to see how not just the Nevada State Athletic Commission, but the UFC as well handles this and then how it gets handled moving forward. Because betting is becoming such a big thing, and it's even interesting watching like Jack Della, Maddalena, you know, and, and some of these other guys we've seen recently like shouting out their betting sponsors. And it's like, well, the UFC has an official yeah. betting sponsor. So even how long do they let that go on? You I know, it's getting cut soon. It, it, yeah, because it just keeps happening. And I'm like, I feel like there's there's got to be some cringing going on from the UFC people when when guys are doing that. Um, but yeah, this is just interesting, man. I don't know. You guys have any thought? Like, what do you guys think? Well, because I just just, I, just to recap. So basically, um, Kraus was they're attaching him because he's does like the betting stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, he right. But this probe, uh, this investigation's been going on since that. Mm. What was it that? Uh, the, the day after the fight, when, when did how long after the Minner fight did did they say that they were investigating? Like the next day, yeah. So that's when, I, yeah, because we, we the talked numbers, about it. Right, the numbers, the, the it was odds shift like, yeah. within like two three hours. So they're investigating him in terms of whether or not he potentially could have leaked information. Yes, that, about okay. Minner's knee. Okay. Um, because like it's been said, is he has a and it, like he has a podcast where I've personally never listened to it, but I know it from what I've seen and seen clips of. Is it's very pro or heavy i'll say gambling for especially mixed Make martial picks, arts you know yeah and then he has like a discord a pro, uh, where people like can pay to go in and get his picks and so he's like kind of heavy into that gambling world so that's where the speculation started i think from fans and, and maybe some media people originally but clearly if it's gotten to this stage or this level is now this investigation has gotten to a point where they've found something, yeah. you know, that's like, well, and, and what's, what's weird. You don't just it. do that. You know no. what I mean? You wouldn't, if, if it was just fans talking, you wouldn't just tell a guy like, Hey, yeah, we can't have you around right now. Right. And you know, when you talk about like in sports and betting, obviously there's like a Pete Rose where, yeah. you know, he got caught gambling and, uh, Calvin Ridley in the NFL, but you, but, and it's crazy because you wouldn't think about how better it would be to get it from coaches who mm -hmm. know all the guys who are hurt, Agreed. all the people who know maybe had a struggling camp. And that's why it's so impressive because if this guy di um, disclosed an injury of one of his fighters just to try to get people money or get like, that's low. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's like Pete Rose level where like, dude, you can't come back from that. And it's also crazy because, you know, James Krause has been one of the more, you know, recognized, uh, praised coaches yeah. um, coming up the and past it, year or so. And how disappointing, even if you're Derek Minner, to think that maybe your coach right. did that. And, and even if, I mean, it's not like he maybe told, I don't know, though, because it's like it's hard to say he even, maybe that Norton Becca, his opponent, how did he not find out if, if everybody else was fine, if there was that big spike to where, mm -hmm. you know, Shia Lin was like, I'm going to go out and just kick his knee then, you know what I right. mean, or whatever. And it's just like, it just sucks. And like I said, if I was Minner, like I think a lot about him as well in this whole thing is like, I would just feel so let down. So, it, but it, it's innocent until proven right. guilty. So, I mean, we haven't, there's nothing that's been made official. This is just, we're just finding out that he was told Friday night that he was not allowed to corner his well, fighter. Well, and the so. last thing the UFC needs is this. Agreed. They've been building up. They get more official. They're they're getting older as a sport. When you attach something like this to it, it's people are going to think that everything is rigged, and that's that's well, the worst thing. And, you can and like do. I said, especially as we move into where this gambling stuff is just, it's kind of almost getting out of hand. Really, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just getting really big. But we won't go down that rabbit hole because we're going to move on, boys. Are you ready for our World Cup themed <laughs> MMA? Got a little music in the background. Give me blue. I want the blue one. Set the blue. That one. That's a political move there. So I moved this intentionally to the end of our show because I told you guys, not my strongest work, and, I, and I'm okay admitting that. But the thing is, when you're trying to take World Cup theme uh, or World Cup facts and mix mm -hmm. them and tie them into mixed martial arts, I challenge you at home. Good luck. <laughs> it's yeah. not easy. Yeah. But here's the thing. Once I started this idea, it was like midway through the week, and it's like, you can't go back. <laughs> what are your hopes on how bad we do on this? I feel like, here's what I will say. I feel like I did enough to make, like, I kind of reworded, like, I feel like there's true fault. There's like 50-50 questions. Okay. So I feel like I did enough to make it easy. Somebody will score points. Yeah, I think you guys will do okay. I, I feel like I did a good job. A little bit better than my original how many, version. How many questions? Seven. Okay. Are you guys ready? So all yeah. these are, like I said, just some trivia questions. So let's see how these guys do. Boys, The and this is an honor, by the way, I guess we should say the World Cup starts today. If you are listening to this on Monday when this comes out, the U.S. plays Wales. Um, and then 
Black Friday, as we mentioned, as this ad comes up, we'll go ahead and talk <laughs> through it. I don't know why that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> that's what happens when you try to use royalty-free stuff on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, two big games for the U.S. this week, so check it out. Um, but, boys, the first question, the U.S. men's national team roster holds an average age of 24 years old. How many UFC champions have won the UFC belt at or before the age of 24? Don't need names, just need a number. John, you have yours. Brandon, do you have yeah, yours? Yeah, you probably can't see it very well. But. Let's flip them around, boys. Brandon says three. John says two. Both are wrong. Brandon, the closer. The number is four. Oh. Mm. They are. This is in order from oldest to youngest. Carlos Newton, Josh Barnett, Jose Aldo, and John Jones, who was the youngest. Mm -hmm. All those men, uh, all of them, all well, the oldest three, all at 24, and then obviously some days, but John Jones, the only 23-year-old male. Boys. I just remembered Aldo and John Jones. Yeah, that was probably one of the harder ones. Boys, the World Cup will consist of teams from 32 different countries. Do you think there are more or less countries currently representing represented in the UFC? So I just need a more or less. 32 in the World Cup. Do you think there are more or less countries represented in the UFC? Let's see them. Brandon says less. John said less. Both are wrong. Oh. Uh, as of September 13th, 2022, the UFC roster consisted of fighters from 71 Dang. different countries. Really? Yeah, I thought that 71? was. I was blown away yeah, when I saw no, that. I, I, I would. I, I probably would have thought less as well. I'm not gonna lie. I was like thoroughly blown away by that. So yeah, it is interesting when you get to some of those other countries. <clears throat> what do you think? Like, like, like Valentina, yeah, like yeah. Kazakhstan or you know whatever. Mm. So 0 for two, <laughs> no points. I feel like both guys, you guys are going to get this one. U.S. men's national team player DeAndre Yedlin holds the most caps on this current UFC men's roster. Do you guys know what caps are? Brandon, you probably do. Caps are how, how many um, games they've played for their international team. So DeAndre Yedlin holds the most with 75. Who currently holds the record for the most UFC fights? Most fights in UFC history. U.S. men's national team player DeAndre Yedlin holds the most on the current men's national team roster with oh, 75. God, this is wrong. This is wrong, and this is the only name that's coming to my mind. Let's flip them. Uh, John said Donald Cerrone. Brandon said Neil Magny. Boys, <laughs> Jim Miller. That's when I uh, with 40. I feel I like we've talked about that ad nauseum. I thought that was a gimme. I kept thinking <laughs> Matt Brown, but that was wrong too. I was like, it's not Brown, but it's. Okie dokie. No points. <laughs> That's three. We got four left. Still early. All right. There's no way neither of you score on this because there's about seven and eight answers you can give here. Since missing out in 2018, this will be the U.S.'s first World Cup since 2014. Name one UFC fighter who was a champion in 2014. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine possible names you could give me here. I just need one from 2014. John's locked in. Brandon's locked in. Let's see him. Uh, John John said Anderson Silva. <laughs> Brandon said Conor McGregor. Somehow they both miss on everything. <laughs> Hinnon Burrell and TJ Dillashaw, Jose Aldo, Anthony Pettis, Johnny Hendricks, Robbie Lawler, Chris Weidman, John Jones, and Fabricio Verdun. When did Conor fight, Jose? I think it was in. Had to have been 2014. No, I, I went. I went through the whole list. I went through the he fought list of champions. He, he fought Eddie Alvarez in 2015. It, it may have been in 2016. Did he get injured? No, no, no. Know. He fought Jose before he fought Eddie. I went through the list of champions and championship fights. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna, it wasn't on. I'm gonna, we're gonna review that. We one can later. fact check it later. But I had him and Burrell, TJ in the 35. Jose Aldo. Anthony Pettis. Yeah, Johnny Hendricks. So I don't know, buddy. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Boys, Brazil holds the world the most World Cup victories in the history of the tournament with five. Given the five stars on their badge. True or false? They also have the most champions in UFC history. I'll repeat the question. Brazil holds the most World Cup victories in the history of the tournament with five. True or false? They also have the most champions in UFC history. Let's see. John says true. Brandon says true. The answer is false. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. has 75 while Brazil has 21. <laughs> UFC? Yeah. That sounds oh, wrong. Oh, that's hilarious. 75? I love it. I absolutely love it, boys. 
The next question. I don't know if I could name like 30 US, uh, US champions I off the top it. of my head. I love it. I love it. All right, boys. The next question. There's two left. Somebody's got a score here. <laughs> uh, since the first World Cup in 1930, just eight different nations have won the World Cup, excluding the women's division and men's 125-pound division. Can you name the one division in the UFC that has had less than eight champions? I will repeat it. Since the first World Cup in 1930, just eight different nations have won the World Cup, excluding the women's division and men's 125-pound division. Can you name the one division in the UFC that has had less than eight champions? I feel like this is a trick question. Let's see him. Hang on, I'm not ready. John said middleweight. Brandon said welterweight. Guys. <laughs> is it heavyweight? It's wait, not even wait, close. What did you say? It's not even close. Middle. It's the men's 145-pound featherweight division. Only four champions. Right, because Jose. And they've changed hands five times. You've had Jose Aldo, Conor McGregor, Jose again, Max Holloway, and currently Alexander Volkanovsky. Just four men have held that Mm. title, which is crazy when you think about because I believe um, 135 (laughs) pounds had like nine. Mm. And they've, they've had, like, the same amount of time in terms of history. Right. But, yeah, that was crazy. I, <laughs> I didn't think you guys – I thought would, you guys would go between, like, 55, 45, 35. I'm shocked you guys went heavier just given the history in those divisions. All right, boys. <laughs> it comes all down to one. I've been saving it for this one. <laughs> I, I, I want to say there's no way either of you don't get Don't a point put here. that pressure but now, on. I know, you but keep now doing I, that. I can't. Then- I can't. <laughs> The England national team, our nickname, who are also in the U.S.'s group, they play them on Black Friday. Do not miss that game. Going to be one of the biggest watch sporting events, I think, in probably soccer history for the America. Don't miss it. The England national team are nicknamed the Three Lions that is represented on the logo on their the badge on their shirt, excuse me, which they have worn since their first international game in 1872. There have been three English fighters to win the ultimate fighter they are michael bisping james wilkes and this former lightweight nicknamed the real deal brandon going to the board early oh, oh. oh yeah i'll repeat it the england national team are nicknamed the three lions that is represented on the badge of their shirt which they have worn since their first international game in 1872 there have been three english fighters to win the ultimate fighter they are michael bisping james wilkes and this former lightweight nicknamed the real deal call back to our game last week with the nicknames i don't know if it helps but james wilkes and this guy won the same season just different weight classes i believe it was when they did england bald and tattoos here there's another because these guys do not know folks i will tell you that Bald with tattoos. Real deal. The real deal. Mm. Oh Bald boy. with tattoos? I, yeah. Wait. Bald, tons of tatties. Tattied up. All right, boys. You got five seconds. Oh. Three. Okay. I, I thought somebody would get it eventually. Flip them. John is our winner. <laughs> it's Ross Pearson. No, I would never got that. John. I, I, as soon Somebody as you said, like, super tatted, I was like, super tatted, super tatted. And then that uh, Ross, people started going through my head. Ross, Pearson, baby. Woo! Wow. Yeah. Dominated you, bro. <laughs> Listen, I'm not, con- I'm not convinced wow. still by some of those. Look it up. Look some up of those the, well, I guess we can't look it up now. We'll look it up after. I'll say this. If you look it up, and maybe I missed over it, could have skipped it. I, I'm not going to say I'm perfect by any means. So if I did skip over it. Um, we will give you your point. We'll figure something mm. else next week. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll do it again. We'll do. I'll come up with some new questions. But I, th- I, I, I went through it, I, and I like triple check. So no excuses. We should have got at least one of those. One of the other ones. That's yeah. a good point, John. What is our song of the week? I'm going for a classy here. I've been uh, listening to it for the past couple of days. It's Gavin DeGraw. I don't want to be. Okay. Don't know if I know that one. You do. I don't want to be. I don't ever want to be. <laughs> okay. Motor when I'm trying to be late, late. I like it. I like it. I like Classic. it. Classic. Brandon, what is your one for the people? One for the people. There was a lot to choose from. You took my uh, England-US one. Um, it, this One of my favorite things of our trip was uh, watching Nate battle the cold. Oh, my that goodness That was honestly gracious. one of my favorite things ever. So for all you listeners. It wasn't even you, the cold. The wind in Chicago mixed with the cold. When you hear Nate give John crap for not dealing with hot weather, I just want you to realize Nate in cold weather is probably worse. 
it was bad. Dude, it was like glass. And I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> I, it was like glass across. No, here's the thing. And I know it was bad because when we were walking, before we left, we were walking back to the hotel. We had just ate breakfast at this place, which was really good. But we were walking back to the hotel. And as we're getting ready to walk in the hotel, this massive gust of wind just whips. This dude does the Luke Rockhold. Oh, <laughs> just like, <laughs> and turns around and looks at me like, oh, <laughs> so it was bad. I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> that was my favorite. That's my uh, one for the people. All right. All right. That's fair. What's your one for the people, John? Uh, I'm actually going to stick with the trip, too. And I just want to encourage people to try food when you go places, man. Mm. Uh, support. Obviously, supporting local is a really big thing in places. But, man, just enjoy something. Enjoy a city's food and the culture that they have. Like, we we had some really good Mexican food. We had some great breakfast. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy that type of stuff, man. Don't be going to, like, McDonald's everywhere you go or, like, <laughs> Outback or something. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, I mean, my mind's on the World Cup. Um, we don't have a UFC fight coming up this week, so make sure you come back next week because we'll be uh, ready to preview uh, December 3rd. The UFC Orlando is next up, and I cannot wait to talk about that fight card. Absolutely stacked. Kevin Holland versus Wonderboy Thompson is your main event, and there's just fights littered. The yeah, all mm-hmm. down that, up and down that card. So we'll be talking about that fight next week, so make sure you come back. I got World Cup fever. Um Brandon, who are you? Who is your World Cup prediction? Who are you going with for a winner? Yeah, if you had Dude, to that's pick, that's so hard. Go into your head right now, John. Pick a country, England. All right, John's. Oh, come on, they're in our group. You can't go England. <laughs> England's not winning. Brazil's mm. good. Argentina's good. France just lost their striker, Kareem Benzema. So that's gonna tough because they're already missing a lot of people as it is. Um, yeah, there's. I think it comes down to Brazil, Argentina. I between those two, I would go Argentina. Alrighty. I feel like as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt, though, you're like 10% Brazilian. I think I read that somewhere, so shame on you, Brandon. <laughs> um, boys, uh, given the World Cup, we are going to go out with probably my favorite U.S. men's national champ. Come on. Come on. Come on, you U.S. Let's go. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. And this is I, I, oh, and this champ, by the way, is I Believe.